Section 5 of Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 17, February 24, 1880. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Wayne Cook. Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 17, February 24, 1880. The Difference Who warms his slippers for Papa when he comes home at night? Who meets him with a joyous laugh and blue eyes beaming bright? Who climbs upon his ready knee with kisses sweet as kiss can be? Our Kitty. Who teases poor old Grandmama and pulls her work away, and with her gold-rimmed spectacles too often tries to play? Who's full of mischief, sport, and fun from early morn till day is done? Our Kitty. Whose little arms hug Mama tight? Whose lips give kisses sweet? Who follows nurse about the house with little restless feet? Who sings to Dolly, scolds her too, and tries to act as big folks do? Our Kitty. Who, bent on mischief true to say like any little elf, within the pantry hides to taste the goodies on the shelf? Who bothers cook where'er she goes, and makes her scold, you may suppose? Our Kitty. But lest our kitty chance to get more than her shame of blame for mischief, I'll explain there is some difference in the name. One kitty is our child, you see. The other kitty's C-A-T. A Peep into Royal Treasures The Hasne, or Imperial Treasury, of Constantinople contains a costly collection of ancient armor and coats of mail worn by the sultans. The most remarkable is that of Sultan Murad II, the conqueror of Baghdad. The headpiece of this suit is of gold and silver, almost covered with precious stones. The diadem surrounding the turban is composed of three emeralds of the purest water and large size while the collar is formed of twenty-two large and magnificent diamonds. In the same collection is a curious ornament in the shape of an elephant of massive gold standing on a pedestal formed of enormous pearls placed side by side. There is also a table, thickly inlaid with oriental topazes, presented by the Empress Catherine of Russia to the vizier Malteji Mustafa, together with a very remarkable collection of ancient costumes trimmed with rare furs and literally covered with precious stones. The divans and cushions formerly in the throne room of the sultans are gorgeous. The stuff of which the cushions are made is pure tissue of gold without any mixture of silk whatever, and is embroidered with pearls weighing about 3,600 drachmas. Children's cradles of solid gold, inlaid with precious stones, vases of immense value in rock crystal, gold and silver, encrusted with rubies, emeralds, and diamonds, daggers, swords, and shields, beautifully wrought and richly jeweled, all tell a story of ancient grandeur and wealth when the Ottoman power was a reality, 
and Western Europe trembled before the descent of the son of Amrath. Notwithstanding these jeweled riches of Turkey, however, they are surpassed by the splendor of the Shah of Persia's treasury, the contents of which have accumulated in successive periods. Nadir Shah of Persia, in the first half of the 18th century, amassed enormous riches by the spoils of war. He is said to have had a tent made so magnificent and costly as to appear almost fabulous. The outside was covered with fine scarlet broadcloth. The lining was of violet-colored satin, on which were the representations of all the birds and beasts in creation, with trees and flowers. The whole made of pearls, diamonds, rubies, emeralds, amethysts, and other precious stones, and the tent poles were decorated in like manner. On both sides of the peacock throne was a screen, on which were the figures of two angels in precious stones. This splendid tent was displayed on all festivals in the public hall of Herat during the remainder of Nadir Shah's reign. It would be impossible to describe in a short article the splendor of the Persian treasury. One extraordinary object may be mentioned, a two-foot globe covered with jewels from the North Pole to the extremities of the tripod on which the gemmed sphere is placed. His Majesty had coats embroidered with diamonds and emeralds, rubies, pearls, and garnets. He had jeweled swords and daggers without number. So because he did not know what else to do with the rest of his jewels, he ordered the globe to be constructed and covered with gems, the overspreading sea to be of emeralds, and the kingdoms of the world to be distinguished by jewels of different color. Winged Freebooters The great goshawk, a bird in a coat of blackish-brown, covered with blotches of black and reddish-white, is a terrible enemy to wild rabbits, hares, and squirrels, and to all the small feathered inhabitants of field and forest. It is about two feet long, and although it is not a bird of very rapid flight, its cunning and strength are such that its prey rarely escapes. Should the terrified hare hide itself in some thicket, the goshawk patiently perches on an elevated branch near at hand, where it will wait hours, motionless, until the poor hare, thinking its enemy departed, ventures from its retreat, when in an instant it is swooped down upon and struck dying to the ground. Goshawks are found in the middle and western states during the autumn and winter. In the summer they go far to the northward to rear their young. They build a large nest of twigs and coarse grasses on some lofty branch of a tree, and lay three or four eggs of dull bluish-white, slightly spotted with reddish-brown. These savage birds are very common in Maine, where they make great havoc among the flocks of wild ducks and Canada grouse, and will even, when driven by hunger, venture an attack on the fowls of the farmyard. Its sharp eye always gleaming and on the alert, the goshawk sweeps over fields and woods, changing its course in an instant by slight movement of its rudder-like tail whenever any desired prey is sighted. It is the most restless of birds. It is almost constantly on the wing, seldom alighting except for breakfast and dinner. Audubon relates a curious instance of sagacity in a goshawk which he himself witnessed.
a large flock of blackbirds flying over a pond were pursued by one of these birds which dashing into the flock seized one after the other of the poor little victims apparently squeezing each one with its powerful talons and then allowing it to drop on the surface of the water five or six had been captured before the fleeing blackbirds gained the shelter of a thick forest the goshawk then swept leisurely back and with graceful curves descended to the pond and collected its victims taking the dead birds one by one and carrying them away as if laying up a store for its evening meal instances have been known where this bird has itself fallen a victim to its own designs dead goshawks have been found with their talons hopelessly entangled in thorn and furze bushes upon which they had pounced with the object of seizing some little rabbit or squirrel which had sought shelter beneath the undergrowth a hunter once witnessed such an occurrence the rabbit scampering away in safety across the field while the great bird remained entangled in the bush the hunter forbore to shoot at the little rabbit which had made so fortunate an escape and killed the wicked bird of prey instead goshawks are found in nearly every portion of europe and have sometimes been trained to assist in hunting but as they are more ferocious than the falcon they are less easily controlled and are always on the watch to regain their liberty a smaller variety of the great hawk family but one spreading equal terror among small birds is the sparrow hawk a bold provoking bird with dark brown back and wings and breast of rusty brown or grayish white crossed by narrow bars of a darker tint the sparrow hawk feeds mostly upon small birds but it will also catch moles field mice and even grasshoppers it flies low skimming along but a few feet from the ground its sharp little eyes always on the watch for prey when tamed the sparrow-hawk becomes affectionate towards its owner but will rarely accept civilities from any other person one of these birds which had been tamed by a lady was accustomed to perch on the shoulder of its mistress and eat from her hand it was intensely jealous and would fly savagely at any one to whom his mistress showed the least favor this particular pet proved as troublesome as a thieving cat for was any fine fat chicken or partridge left lying on the kitchen table if the cook's back was turned for a moment the prize was either mangled or borne away to a hiding place by the mischievous bird the sparrow hawk is not a nest builder but will usurp the nest of the crow or some other large bird if a deserted nest can be found the sparrow hawk will immediately take possession but if no such presents itself this bad-hearted quarrelsome bird does not hesitate to depose the rightful owner and proceed to occupy a home to which it has neither right nor title the sparrow hawk the malicious hen hawk the cruel pigeon hawk are very common throughout the united states and europe end of section five